For Finger Lakes One, I'm Josh Drisso, and you're listening to A Sunday Conversation. This week, we sit down with Emily Sisson of the Finger Lakes Rural Health Network. We are previewing an upcoming event in Seneca County aimed at creating awareness and education around mental health. We also discuss some frequently asked questions about the Rural Health Network itself, like how does it work, why does it exist, and what are the biggest challenges facing organizations like theirs. It's a fascinating chat and one you don't want to miss. We'll pick up the conversation with Emily right after a quick message from today's presenting sponsor. Enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by Herman Brothers Furniture Store. Tired of the big box approach to furniture shopping? Stomp in to Herman Brothers Store located in downtown Lyons and see how they've been doing it since 1945. Herman Brothers carries one of the largest selections of furniture, appliances, and mattresses between Rochester and Syracuse. And even better, Herman Brothers services all of the furniture and appliances they sell. It's the honesty, integrity, and reliability that they've been delivering for 74 years. Stop in, shop online, or give Herman Brothers a call to learn more about their low prices, free layaway, interest-free financing, and no credit needed financing. They even offer same-day or next-day delivery in most cases. Visit HermanBrothersLions.com or call 315-946-4831 today. Um, how did you get involved with the Rural Health Network? What was, how is your story uh, connected to, to the work you're doing now? Oh, that's... Well, personally, this is a, a journey that I've always enjoyed doing different kinds of work that uh, from the beginning to the implementation. And the Real Health Network allows me to do that, to see a project all the way through the end. So it's not just one little piece of like, okay, you're going to write the grant and then you're not going to be involved ever again in this work. Or, yeah, you can be the platform stand-up trainer but you can't have anything with developing to do with developing the program. We'll have someone else do, do the development of the program. So it's personally satisfying that I'm able to have a, a thousand foot view of what the issues are, but yet be on a nose to nose basis with the people that are touched by that. And um, that is personally very satisfying. So my background is in uh, education. I work for Rockefeller College at SUNY Albany and published training curriculums for managers. Um, I worked for rehabilitation facilities in doing newsletters and directors, being the director of education statewide. Um, I worked for other rural health networks. I worked for several hospital systems, even though I'm not a healthcare professional. And I've um, written grants, done stand-up training, and um, done evaluation work. I have a long history of various activities that all have led me to the point where now I can, I can see issues and I can suggest uh, strategies. Some are very simple to be begin with and work on success breeds success and um, having an impact to make sure that we can have the documentation that first of all we are making a difference and we are doing we are doing important work versus, yeah, well, we have this money, but we haven't been able to do any, anything yet with the money. And it's, uh, that is the shame of some bureaucratic agencies, but it's actually uh, the challenge that rural health networks deal with every day 
And although there are several rural health networks in New York State, each one is very different because they're responding to the specific needs in their area. The Rural Net Health Network is a not-for-profit corporation that offers assistance in developing programs and implementing programs that are based on community needs that are either are emerging or are already surface surfacing that other organizations have not had the resources or staff or ability to address. So it's a nimble organization that can respond immediately to needs. So I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of things that don't seem like new needs or new challenges to the community, but lassoing, if you will, the help to actually make things happen is a strategic and operational challenge for many groups, even if they do have staff. Um, Full-time staffers are doing their jobs, and when extra needs come up, they're not prepared to address them. So the Finger Lakes Rural Health Network is one of many rural health networks across New York State. Each one is different, but its mission is to identify and assess, evaluate the emerging and unmet health and human service needs, and then come up with innovative solutions to meet those needs. So when it comes to health and human services, obviously we'll be talking about the different things, the different gaps that you guys do fill. Um, but how, when you talk about the need to be nimble as an organization, um, just how quickly, walk our audience through a little bit if you could, just how quickly um, some of these sort of unknown issues could become issues for different organizations who are already stretched very, very thin and just, you know, it isn't something that takes months and months or years. It could be a week, it could be a day, and all of a sudden something has changed and an organization is already stretched and they need help. They need help because they can't respond quickly to those emerging needs. The, the network can do that because first of all, we're very small, and second of all, this is where we're dedicated to address those needs quickly. Uh, we can, in fact, address a need and come up with a strategy, a rollout plan, and actually implementation within one to two months. And within organizations, sometimes it has to go back to, is this in our work plan? Is this one of the uh, tasks or activities that we're supposed to be doing? Do we have to get permission? Is there a hierarchical stru uh, structure that we have to go through various levels to get permission to do this? So the larger the organization, the more inertia there is to get permission and to actually, uh, as I referred to before, lasso some of the resources to address that. So, for instance, uh, we're going to be talking about youth mental health first aid training. And although this is a need that has been recognized and addressed, um, several of the agencies involved haven't been able to actually implement some strategies, and we can talk about that. So. The value, again, is small organization that's dedicated only to responding to these needs. And uh, we can do that in what is essentially lightning fast speed, although to a, a, a consumer or a resident who's facing uh, certain challenges in these areas, it may not seem quick, but compared to uh, uh, statewide structures, it mm -hmm. is amazingly fast. So you mentioned one of them, and let's talk about that because I think that that might put some of this in context for people so they understand how this all works. Um, obviously, there's a program coming up that you guys are, are sort of helping uh, get the word out about. Uh, it has to do with mental health and young people. Um, walk us through how uh, your organization got involved with that, why it did, 
um, and then what the program is sort of aiming to achieve. Okay, the program you're referring to is one that is going to be offered free of charge uh, to the community. It's a one-day certification class on the topic of youth mental health first aid. So that might seem like an odd topic subject in terms of what do you mean first aid for mental health? <laughs> and the answer to that is that just like CPR is taught to non-medical people how to provide life-saving uh, technique through CPR to someone who is in distress or might need, uh, might need assistance regarding uh, CPR, and you can go through a training class to become certified to provide CPR, so too does this class offer certification on how to identify and understand uh, potential crises or challenges to youth between the ages of 12 and 18 who may be experiencing or about to experience a crisis or may have the challenges of being an ad adolescent. So what does this mean? This means it's an eight-hour training class with a licensed instructor who in our case here on uh, Friday, August 9th, is a licensed uh, mental health professional in the state of New York. The class offers um, a certification that is good for three years and, and teaches people how to approach a young person who may be or appears to be in dis into distress. This does not make someone a counselor. It offers the opportunity for the in adult to interact with the youth in a positive manner and provide any necessary support by resource information um, that can help that particular youth. So in that way, it is first aid. I want to make it clear that the class is not meant for adolescents. It's meant for adults who interact with ages 12 through 18. So any school teacher, any librarian, any bus driver, any Boy Scout or Girl Scout leader, anyone who deals with that age group will find this a very useful course. Even professionals find this a, use, a useful course. Now, how does this go back to the idea of the network uh, being a nimble organization and how we got involved in this? I also provided in 2015 in Wayne County um, these classes that were the first to be rolled out in New York State to uh, several people and over a thousand people were trained in Wayne County. Seneca County has set aside funding uh, for training of youth mental health first aid. The United Way has money and provided support for, for this. Uh, something called the Finger Lakes Provider System, which deals with healthcare organizations, has also provided support for this. So while the money was available, the fact that there was a lack of instructors to teach the class, and the fact that there were not, there wasn't someone, a point person, to actually arrange the class, contract with the instructor, find a location, do the promotion, develop the posters, contact the groups that might be interested in sending people to this training, uh, spreading the word, which is actually what we're doing today here, and uh, really making sure that all those steps are taking, taken and would, could be taken successfully in order to have the course run. So one of the issues is the lack of instructors in Seneca County and the people who have been trained in Seneca County have their own full-time jobs. So getting, 
either permission to take time off to teach this class, trying to worry about is this going to interfere with other tasks that I have to do, how can we do this in a place that is not only safe but is a good place to have the training, um, and who's going to be responsible for fielding phone calls, who's going to be responsible for collecting the registrations, who's going to resp be responsible for the snacks or the breaks or the lunch, uh, the training materials, all those little pieces and details are, are what the, the network does and what we're doing for the class that we're talking about. It's interesting because that seems to be one of the familiar problems that almost every community organization has. Yes. Um, the struggle to get people involved and sort of get all the legwork done to get these various uh, activities and events and sort of educational training opportunities um, you know, off the ground and running. Um, when you look at, at this particular event, um, this particular opportunity um, for training, for, for this first aid, um, what kind of opportunity is that for a community like Seneca County, uh, given the, what the last two to three years have looked like in terms of uh, not just suicide prevention and awareness, but, but the, broader, uh, the broader work towards a, a more knowledgeable uh, community when it comes to uh, mental health? Well, it's, I'm glad you asked that question. It's so important, and uh, the changing environment that we live in uh, presents more challenges. We know that um, in nationwide and in New York State and in Seneca County, there has been an uptick in the number of attempts for suicide, as an example. We also know that the statistics that have been coming out over several years now show that the crisis for mental health among teens is more than anyone would ever believe. I have brought my crib notes because I'm not a statistician and I can't remember all the statistics that are out there, but your listeners and watchers may be interested to know that um, the American Suicide uh, Foundation, Prevention Foundation, as well as the New York State Department of Health, as well as the CDC, have found, for instance, that 64.1% of youth with major depression do not receive any mental health treatment at all. We also know that 20% of teens and young adults live in, with mental health conditions or illness that is unreported and unrecognized, and that 5% of youth report having a substance use or alcohol problem. So it's also a very thorny problem when we talk about, what, well, what is a mental health issue? It includes something not as simple, but is, simply, but is also symptomatic of individuals with learning disorders who may act out because of ADHD, may become their frustration level increases. It may be youth who do indeed have an, a secret alcohol problem. It may be people who are using uh, substances and increase we know, of course, the direct routes of heroin use up through upstate New York, including Seneca County, has increased dramatically. And uh, we also know, according to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, that suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. And here in Seneca County, um, for instance, one of the recent completed suicides was by a high school student uh, from the south end of this county. And we also know that there is an issue of un, unreported suicides 
or unrecognized suicides, which is a problem with getting what is the true number and how can we attempt that. I do want to say that in Seneca County, uh, there is a unique process that is not followed in all counties. So the question of is this, is this uh, death now ruled a suicide or an accident or some other cause is, is the data that Seneca County has a clean clean data report mm -hmm. and the answer is it's probably cleaner than almost any other county surrounding Seneca County which is good news in the sense that we can be assured that the information we're getting is accurate why do I say that it's because the medical examiner who signs death certificates in Seneca County actually is from Rochester and is a, a physician so that's different from other places that have coroners who are not trained or individuals who report deaths um, and for various reasons either because the family doesn't want everyone to know that suicide was completed or there was a question about insurance um, all kinds of reasons that suicides go unreported correctly so in Seneca County uh, we can have assurances that our numbers are correctly reported. That doesn't make them any less severe in terms of the tragedy that's involved with suicide, but it does give us in confidence that we know the numbers that we're talking about are pretty, uh, pretty consistent and accurate. If you want more numbers thrown at you, I will say that in 2017, across the United States, there were 1,400,000 suicide attempts and in that same year, 47,173 Americans died by suicide. So in Seneca County, we uh, extrapolated and came back that um, the, the suicide completion rate is being reported of 3.9 to 4.1%. Um, and within the, what, the risk of a suicide attempt is found to have been 7.4% in youth grades 9 through 12 um, with an attempt within the last 12 months. So, And, you know, when you look at an issue like this, which obviously, um, full disclosure, I've spent a lot of time on the Suicide Prevention Coalition here in Seneca County. Um, that said, um, this has been one of those topics that we've We've built probably a half dozen shows around in the last year, year and a half, two years. Um, and every single time that people hear those numbers, that people hear, especially in a small community like Seneca County, um, they seem to take a lot of people by surprise. When you look at your organization and what your organization is trying to do, support other organizations in their efforts, trying to uh, educate the community, what are some of the, the challenges that you guys face that, that sort of um, make helping other organizations or helping other community players sort of um, do do more with what they have going on. What are what are some of the challenges that you guys face on a on a regular basis? Well, it's the first is is to uh, it's not a challenge; it's an opportunity. First of all, and I would say the opportunity to jumpstart the inertia. Mm -hmm. So, although money has been available that we talked about before. Why hasn't there been more community programming offered so that people understand this challenge? Um, it's partly due to the inertia that we've already identified. 
but where the network actually has some experience. And what makes me excited and uh, want to do this kind of work is that we can come up with innovative solutions, even if they're simple, just slightly out of the box ways of approaching it. So instead of saying, you don't have to do all this work, let us help you do this work, you get the credit as a sponsor or a co-sponsor, but we can make this happen. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, um, on, for instance, the coalition, whether it's the Substance Abuse Coalition, which exists here in Seneca County as well, or the Suicide Prevention Coalition, what are the uh, steps that need to be taken and can be taken quickly to make an impact or a difference to the person who's actually uh, perhaps living with or has been touched by individuals who have mental health crisis and what does that mean? Well, at one of the coalition meetings, um, the family of a youth person, a young person who had completed suicide said that when this happened, they had nowhere to turn or what they really meant to say was they didn't know where to turn. They didn't know who to call. And although they Googled information, they've got information about national hotlines, but they wanted information, they wanted a resource close to home. They wanted someone in their own community that would support them, that would tell them their own experience or would be with them locally as opposed to someone far away. So this means that strategies of close to home uh, need to be implemented. So what is it that we need to do? So helping to jumpstart um, these, these meetings and these coalitions with people who are charged with uh, professionally providing services, how do you make that little gap less of a gap? Mm -hmm. So one of the issues is providing this directly to the teachers who interact with those students. Even to the simple idea of posting local resources on little hand tags in every bathroom stall, in every, every school district bathroom, to say to a teen directly, do you need help? Here's a number you can call confidentially, and here is someone you can talk to right now, as opposed to not knowing where to turn. So strategies as simple as that can start the process of the community awareness and actually move the, the dial in terms of uh, local information and getting engaging with the community, engaging with the whole family, and most of all, um, touching the lives of the youth who need, need some help but don't know how to turn or maybe are reluctant to turn. We all know that being a teenager is not a simple thing. <laughs> Is that a little bit of a self-starting engine too? Because once you start successfully going through those steps, maybe you see a little more human capital being invested into a few more, few more people coming to meetings, of course, few success, more people volunteering. Success, yes, success breeds success. So if people think I can be engaged in this way, it's a small way. I don't have to be a educated professional with a degree to make a difference. I can be there and do this piece and make, make a huge difference. So absolutely right, yes. So uh, speaking about the, the Rural Health Network, um, when you look broadly at, at a community like Seneca or some of the more rural communities in the area, um, Yates County, uh, Schuyler County, what, what, are the, what are sort of the key 
points to looking in those the, the two, three, four, five year window to really making progress to making these communities healthier across the board oh. in terms of making the communities just better and better for the people who live there? Well, your question has is answered by the recognition that first of all, this is a challenge that has has been identified and has been um, rolled out in terms of various programs to public health and to the ancillary other departments who have the same kinds of challenges to work together. So the first part of this is integrated approach. We have mental hygiene department. We have the department of, of public health. We have lots of different departments who touch on all these subjects and yet may not be totally integrated in having a united way of approaching um, these health and human service issues. So, so part of this is this whole idea of integrating services. And in, in other states, some of that has already happened where there's not separate departments. They're all rolled into one ball, <laughs> good or bad, uh, to work together to do this, which is why the, the network wanted to co-sponsor with other organizations and the first one is the the suicide prevention coalition so to have all these same people who are working on little pieces of this puzzle all in the same room at the same time which is what for instance the coalition that you've all you've been involved in and the other coalitions are doing so um, not to have one set of eyes but to have multiple sets of eyes doing the same thing to recognize that if the issue is domestic violence that that also has mental health and public health ramifications to make sure that all first of all these groups all can recognize what they're all doing and how they can touch each other and work together uh, to make the resources available and to spread the word so part of this is spreading the word just getting communication out there and as I said, having a local presence and a local place for people to start um, addressing the information that they want to get and to know with confidence that this is a place I can go safely and it's right in my own backyard. I don't have to go someplace else or call a stranger from the other side of the United States to get help. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your week. Remember, archived episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and the FingerLakesOne.com app for Android and iOS devices. Consider leaving a review if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. It helps new listeners find the show and lets us know that you enjoy what we're doing. You can also help what we're doing here by becoming a Patreon supporter. Visit www.patreon.com fl1 to sign up today. Have a great week, and I will see you back here next Sunday.